Probably science. I am Andy Wood. With me is Matt Kershaw. Hey, how's it going? We have a, a, a semi-regular co-host, uh, Jesse Case, sat to, to my good left. Good to be back. Good have you back. at this point uh, surpassed the number of episodes Brooks has been on? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I still like the lack of responsibility of being yeah. the semi-regular co-host. I don't have to research stories. The lack of credit, lack of having a name. Yeah, the, the lack of the lack of being able to pitch things with you guys. <laughs> um, I just sort of hang out. <laughs> Always available. We appreciate that. Yeah. We don't want to ever have to split up any money that might come from this. Or uh... Speaking of which, before we get into the meat of the show, we have a couple of donors to thank. Yeah, we do. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to donate, you can go to probablyscience.com and there's a PayPal donate button. We appreciate Matt it. Matt finally has new bone marrow and we would like to thank. <laughs> uh, so donors. thank you for that. Um, just, just a packet of bone marrow appeared in the mail. Someone just wrote probably science America yeah. on an envelope. And they found it. They Put found some the bone place. marrow in there. And it just, was delicious. Just, <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Deverin from the Portland area, from Oregon City, uh, sent in a donation, and Kelsey Walker from Santa Monica. So thank you, both of you. Yeah, too. we really appreciate it. We you actually uh, were were almost at the break even point uh, for eighteen months. For <laughs> eighteen months, <laughs> this thing is almost going into mega profits. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for helping out, and thank you as always, all our listeners. Uh, spread the word, iTunes comment and rate. Yep, it does help us out. So if you could do that, we'd appreciate it. And tell your friends about it and all that all that good stuff. Well, let's get into it. We've got a guest I'm really excited about. This is someone I've wanted to have on for a long time. Uh, one of my favorite people. In God. Nobody makes me laugh like our guest today. Uh, I, got, I had the pleasure of working with him on the Whitney Cummings talk show. He's a former monologue writer for Jimmy Fallon. It's David Angelo. Hey, how you doing? How's everybody? Thank you so much. <laughs> great to be here on Probably Science. You know, we're probably going to have a good time. Hopefully. Yeah. Probably. Ideally. We make no promises. I know that's 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 part of the title, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. The, we we get out of a lot that way. But actually, there's a lot of hedging and there's you... so much so much uh, approximation. Um, but last week we had our first, well, not our first, but maybe our hardest core science guest yet. We had Jan Eleven, who was a theoretical physicist at. Uh, I mean, her last name's Eleven. <laughs> right, Jan Eleven. <laughs> She's an android. Yeah. Um, hardcore science guest. Super hardcore, but uh, people seem to like that. A lot of people wrote in uh, and enjoyed that we actually went full science for an episode. We learned a lot about black holes. And we've learned from that, and we're taking it step back again. Yep, going right back to a guest who may or may not have any background in science. This I, is what we always ask our guests before we get started. What, if anything, is your science background? I made one of those volcanoes once. Yeah. Throw the Alka-Seltzer in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, wait, that was... <laughs> no, I just had indigestion a few days ago. That's all that was. Yeah. Okay. No, I guess I haven't done anything. I don't know. What did you major in in college? Uh, um, basically television stuff. <laughs> is that isn't. the full title of the course? <laughs> well, you know what? They actually discontinued my major halfway through. <laughs> and then they grandfathered me in, but everyone had bailed from the department, so I still stayed in it, but it was very weird. I didn't get the formal, you know education of you know maybe classical classical education you know, <laughs> sure, really sure. more of just me kind of wandering the halls <laughs> you just stayed in school credit. you kept the dorm for two years yeah and you know i always lived alone except one year even in the dorms i always figured out how to scam my way into my own dorm room uh-huh. and even one time i had a room that was for three people and i lived there by myself that's great I can't mm-hmm. imagine you scamming anybody because you seem so so loose with the money. No, I. 
No, well, I they, see. I was so I, those prices were so high. I figured I got to go and get the most out of it. And right. so I'd really, I, I, they, they knew what was coming when I'd walk in the, <laughs> in the housing office. Now, David, were you raised by cheapskates? Was that was no, this a no. value? For the record, I wasn't calling David a cheapskate. I, I was. Uh... Oh, I thought you were. I misread that. <laughs> I. Uh, well, no, I don't. I'm not frivolous. Everyone sure. these days, they throw money around. Everyone, you know, people got people making it rain and whatnot. Hundred thousand dollars in debt. They walk down the street. They look like bums. They got nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I have. You know, I'm I'm responsible with the money. Sure. I I don't know. I I think that's not necessarily um, something we have to figure out why that is i no, think it's more no. the i think it's it's the question is why is everyone else so uh <laughs> they behave like they're you know children out no, there of course of course of course i misread i thought there were a few because i don't uh, you know this is the first time we've we've really talked right um no i was calling him cheap yeah right but but there have been a few even before we started recording there were a few cheapskate references where i thought mm, there's a back there's a backstory here the- oh yeah this is from andy we're recording on uh he bought a, he bought an audio system from uh, kids are us <laughs> you know this thing a microphone i can't hold it too hard it'll yeah. fall apart in my yeah hand. We're, rec- we're recording <laughs> on baby monitors yeah. i'm listening on kobe brand headphones right now. yeah yeah Top you know, of the line, Kobe's. Kobe, what Sony could have been if they put some work right? in. Yeah. Right. As so they, send they in those donations. <laughs> we can upgrade. We all want to be wearing Beats by next week. <laughs> but uh, you actually host a... Can we, I don't know if we can ask you this ahead of time. I hope you don't mind us plugging this. But um, you host a great web series called E-Economics. 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 Not, you don't hit it E-conomics. twice. E-Economics. Okay. There's two E's. There's, t- there's a little E in the front. You know how they have like E-Harmony and E-Verify and right. E-Trade? Email was the first big one, probably. Email. Right. I just um, got that. eBay. <laughs> you know, all of them. So mine, Why is that even called? What is an electronic bay? What is that even? An auction bay. Oh, I didn't know that. It's, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they had... Uh, um, um, I like that E thing. And so I put it on mine, which begins with E. And... You know, it makes it hard for the search engines because they think it's a typo, so it's not SEO, search engine optimization. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. It doesn't really fit into that, but whatever. I can't go back and, you know, turn back the hands of time, (laughs) so I'm just sticking with it. That's why we nearly call this show XXX. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd have trouble. Or just and. We dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah. That was really tight. That was a... Last minute decision. We made the right call, though I think. But your web series is great. I'm a big fan of it. I've watched every episode, and uh, I, I like that it's it's you. You don't have very conventional takes on on the causes of economic problems in this day and age. Or no, on, because on, I have the I have the right answers. You have the right answers, and that's not conventional anymore. <laughs> it's because everyone's a you know a complete Looney Tune. You watch CNBC, no one knows what they're talking about. They just got done with a Kardashian story, and then they got to go talk about the bond market. These people are clueless. <laughs> that's the thing that's... Like, that was a real shock to me, just the level of... Because in Britain, you have 24-hour news, yeah, and sure. a lot of it is bullshit. But it doesn't just degenerate into a magazine show so quick. Like, right. The first time I was in America and watched CNN for a while, they had a 20-minute feature on buying the right mattress. Right. That was just... You know, it's hard to buy the right mattress. You know, I, I go down to the store and then I, I decide, you know, I just, I got to sleep on it, you know, and you come back, that, you, that's how you do it, really. Yeah. There we go, yeah. there we go. Yeah. That's the David I know and love. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, so do check out that, that web series. Uh, I, I can't endorse it more than I already have. It's, it's really fun. It's economics with an E, two E's at the front, mm-hmm. and it's on YouTube. So you didn't study that. That's just something that you... No, I picked that up um, as someone who moves through the world, and right. you know, we are in a capitalist, or pseudo... Or really, I'd describe it as crypto-socialist <laughs> economy. <laughs> uh, that's what we are. So, you know, you have to... You're, everyone, everyone has some knowledge of economics. You know, it's just maybe on your own scale. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I think it's an important subject. It's, it's really the most important one because everything else comes from that. Politics, you know, every, you know, all these things. And if you know that stuff, you're ahead of everyone, I think. Because people just, I mean, the, if you have basic knowledge, you'll see how terrible everyone else is right away. Yeah. Right away. If you can give one piece of of economic advi- of of just financial advice to someone, let's say graduating college right now, well, you know it's hard because in in terms of personal financial, it's I would I would usually I would say don't take on debt, don't take on personal debt for for personal expenses. Debt's really for businesses, I think. Mm-hmm. But these days, you know, it does, everything is uh, up is down, down is up. So if you have debt, you're actually better off. In some instances, well, like secured, if you have, secured debt. Well, yeah, but either way, I think it, against what like real estate is traditionally a speculative investment, mm-hmm. you know, so something like that. But right now, because mortgage rates are still kind of low, even though they are rising, we're in a we're in a very interesting. T- what's today's date? Twenty first, first day oh, of summer. The solstice. Longest oh. longest podcast of the year. <laughs> should we be doing some kind of probably science ritual? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We should. Native American. I mean, we are all no, naked. That, that's but like, should we be oh, doing something? No, we're, be, we're, yeah, yeah. we're usually naked. That was my pagan chant, but um, we can get naked. Guys, it's getting warm. It, the pool's right there. It's beckoning. There's no. Re- we don't need to be bound to this podcast. We can, can just it, stop this right how, now. How do you? Uh, how do we waterproof the recording equipment so we can just <laughs> do the whole <laughs> show from the pool? This stuff. It's not even airproof. Look at this. It's corroding already. It hasn't. The rust is holding it together. <laughs> wow. So, so no real advice. Uh, t- don't take on debt, but also do take on debt. It sounds like that's what I'm getting. What's a good piece of advice? Let's see. I I say don't take on debt. I say don't take on student loan debt. Hmm. People like to do that, but I don't know why they are so. I think if everyone just abandoned that. You've got some very unconventional takes on that, though, because you don't think that, I mean, you're sort of, you're not, I wouldn't describe you as anti-college, but you think that we need to drastically overhaul the way we look at it as a thing you do as an assumed next step after high school and that we should oh, yeah, get back college. to more trades. It is stupid. And like well, I, I agree completely with David on this. Yeah. You know, but that's coming just from personal. I have to, or I hate, <laughs> or I hate myself. Uh, there you go. I find a lot of people have that opinion is if they don't if they disagree with me they will hate themselves <laughs> no of course thing. of course yeah <laughs> i found myself wanting to disagree with you earlier but then the amount of just guilt and shame that i felt coming over me um sort of overhauled it it's part um, of the process so, i get it I david get it. there's a thing that i i really thought was great when we first uh met or when we first started working together on on that talk show uh we were out for drinks one night and you asked me to try to name a job that you haven't had oh right it was pretty hard guys give it a shot ask him Sandwich artist. Oh, that's interesting. Have I ever made a sandwich for a living? For a li- for income. 
I spent 10 years making sandwiches at various sandwich establishments. 10 years? For income. Oh, yeah. I put in 10 years of sandwich artistry. Now, as an as wow. to the artist, point, is the first couple of those considered an apprenticeship, or what's the... Uh... Yeah, you have no creative control okay. the first three okay. or four years. Um, basically, you're working for another sandwich artist and sort of crushing up the sauces and things like that. There's now, a patron who's just underwriting yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it a bit like the old masters where sometimes the, the apprentices would have actually made the sandwich, but the... The master gets the credits. Well, absolutely, yeah. I made a BLT one time um, and received virtually no. I mean, I I didn't even. And I, then and then the like the main sandwich artist still signs his name to it. Yeah, I just had Does to go he, in he the just back. He puts room. the top piece of bread on. It doesn't even do that. Like doesn't even nothing. do that. Wow. No, doesn't even do that. It I went to a uh, sandwich artist who. Uh, he was inspired mostly by Jackson Pollock and just threw a handful of lettuce in a bag and gave it to me. And I thought yeah. that was, I didn't like that at all. No, I was, I was, um, I, you know, I went through, I went through a big blue period, um, when I was doing sandwich art and, right. um, the Dolly phase was no good. No one wants Dolly in a deli. It's, um, that's a, that's a problem, you know, Dolly Katessin. Well, now, a pizza place, that's probably where a Dolly artist belongs. Sure. Well, I worked a, at a pizza place. As a sandwich <laughs> artist, as, as a sandwich artist, when the tomatoes start to sag and go rotten, you have to have a Dolly face. That's yeah. how you justify. Yeah. Um, this is falling apart. No, no, you know no. I'll, actually, I'll take, more, I'll take, I'll take the jobs. sandwich thing because at that pizza place, I did make chicken parms. And that was part of the thing. Okay. okay. There you go. There so you go. that was Have you been a jobs. social media consultant? Um. That's a, that's a, I think I have been. Let me think of how. Well, I worked in marketing for a long time. And so companies would have things where they would come in for micro sites. That was big when I worked there. Okay. They didn't really have Twitter or anything like that. But we did micro sites and some Facebook tie in things. But I never really did that. That's that is beneath me at this point. Maybe know? it's easier for you to just start naming some of the jobs because it's an impressive. Have you been a Have you been a secretary of the interior? <laughs> no, I haven't. Exterior though, I had I did for, <laughs> for a brief period. Mm. He's an outdoorsman. Uh, you have a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Taekwondo uh, World Taekwondo Federation based out of the Kukiwan in Korea. Sure, that's the official organization, the one that's recognized by the Olympic governing body. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I started there, uh, I don't know, I was maybe seven or eight, did it for about 18 years, and then I kind of gave it up, because I just couldn't schedule it with comedy stuff, because they're both at night, although I'm thinking about getting back into it in North Hollywood here, there's a guy named Benny the Jet, <laughs> and he is a master, if anyone's listening to this, Elton John's written songs about him. Yes, he has. Well, just one, really. Yeah. But it was a good one. Rocket Man? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all right. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Circle of life. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Um, but he is the best. And he's, Tiny Dancer? He's undefeated, like 200 fights. Wow. Wow. And now he teaches in North Hollywood. Wow. He's more of a kickboxing guy. Sure. But he was he was such a like big deal in the 70s. And he would go to Japan, and then he would, you know, in Budokan, and he would fight the Japanese guys, and he always beat them. And it was like they had like one Japanese guy came out of retirement to try to regain the honor of Japan, <laughs> and he beat him. You know, he had it was to like, kill himself or something. After that? it was, he's the best. And wow. I just found out that he's in North Hollywood, so I might. Um, so he's not the best then. Who? He's in North Hollywood. No, he is. That's the best part about it. Wow. Because he's from Hollywood, and so he stayed here. 
and I want to go get um I want to go train with him for a little bit because he is a legend. Uh, in there's the, nothing in the I he's, circle. He here's 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 if you can fathom this. This is prior to UFC, but he was undefeated the champion the world champion for like 20 years 20 Damn. years in a fighting sport just well, imagine you should be aging pretty quick right uh, you're not gonna yeah it's not like sort of golf, golf. <laughs> right well why have bowling now let me ask you right. this. why yeah, haven't you we better. all heard of benny the jet i mean because he's kind of in prior to ufc like i mean how many fighters can you name honestly other than bruce lee who's just a, a movie star Sure, I just wanted to uh, get your take on. It. I mean, why did, why hasn't Taekwondo taken off more? Well, this is, well, this is more just martial arts stuff, but it doesn't. It's popular. It's kind of like I always had the same question about soccer because every kid in America played soccer, and then right. at some point it cuts off, and then no one cares about it anymore. Right. But it's like it's the one sport every kid plays, girls and boys. Right. And then they don't care, and then it's like, oh, soccer, that's stupid. European football for our, I know Matt's here. He may be confused. <laughs> I was baffled. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. what is this word you're using? <laughs> Never heard of it. So Taekwondo is mainly leg based, right? It's mainly it's mainly. Well, legs. Taekwondo is very good. They have a strict set of rules, so right. It is an Olympic sport since 2000, Athens Games, and uh, it's uh, they try to make it more. They keep changing the rules a little bit because they want to make it more exciting. So it's you get points mostly for for kicks. You can kick to any. You can kick above the belt. And you can punch in the chest, but you can only kick the head. And points are, you know, the point system always changes. Now you'd given up your Taekwondo Olympic dream by then, by 2000? No, by 2000, I still kind of had that dream. Really? I've given it up wow. now. Mm. But I was undefeated. I'm undefeated, too. Well, really? So yeah. you're going to, at some point, are you and Benny the Jet going to have to fight? I mean, are you going to, are you coming I bet out of he retirement? Would, I bet he would beat me. I honestly, he, I think he's like 60 now. He's 61, have according you been, to Wikipedia. Okay. He, tur- he, he turned, he turned 60, no, he turned 60, he turned 61 yesterday, yeah. Oh my God, we got to, we got to send yeah. him. Happy birthday to Benny the Jet. <laughs> Happy birthday, Benny the Jet, Gary Benny, the Nose. Benny Urquides. Urquides. Um, Urquides. Uh, he's got a long section on his Wikipedia about controversial fights. Whoa. Well, that's, you know, everyone wants to hate on the champ. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. But this guy is awesome. And he you was should, also in the film you, Force 5 and Wheels on Meals and Dragons Forever. Do you have a um, website for this show? You should post yeah, the yeah. Benny the Jet fight video with the episode because I'm telling you, this guy or is an Elton John video. awesome. <laughs> he used to wear long, he only wear long pants, too, which is like kind of unusual, especially in those days because they would wear like boxing shorts and he'd come in with log pants and just rock the house the guy was great wait he was also in Roadhouse and he trained Patrick Swayze for his own fighting techniques in that film oh yeah he's like a stunt coordinator now that's awesome but this guy's for I mean in tr- true like champ like warrior this what yeah. this guy is you know, he's, I, the, he's the Ingve Malmsteen of uh, you know one of my favorite guitarists, Ingve Malmsteen. Malmsteen, <laughs> unlistenable. No, he's unlistenable. great. He's great. Unlistenable. <laughs> Have you heard the new album? The one? No, no. Something, something force, something rising. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> something rising. It's a great album. He sounds like a computer. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. the goal, right? It's just like, a, it's yeah, like, a, but he's great. And that one song, his band, band Alcatraz. You know them. 
I've heard of them. I don't, I can't They're awesome. Them I am a Viking. I think was them. <laughs> and uh, oh yes, some... yes. I am a Viking fame. Wait, wait. So, so you're a big fan of uh, of Taekwondo and Ingley Malmsteen. Is your bedroom yes. just covered? Do you have posters of Ferraris over your bed? Also, your entire I would entire actually adult have racing car bed. Things that you I would love. 14, I would right? love that Testarossa poster. Yeah. I actually looked for one. Wow. <laughs> um, but Ingve, I saw him when I was at Jimmy Fallon. He came and sat, sat in with the Roots. Uh-huh. You know how they do that with that thing? They would have yeah. someone who's sitting yeah, in. It's yeah, not yeah. the musical guest, but they just sit in, which is like a weird pairing, the Roots and Ingve. <laughs> and he was just like, he treated it like it was a stadium show. <laughs> so yeah. basically just like the audience is there and like, it's Seth Herzog is doing warm up and stuff. And like Ingve, he's, he's like switching guitars out. He's got like roadies giving him like new <laughs> guitars and he's... At one point, Seth is like, because Ingve keeps like making adjustments and like, you know, shredding for like a few minutes and then like switching the thing. And Seth hers, I was like, Ingve, you're you know, you're you're acting like it's not good enough. And he goes, Ingve, you know, he's like 250 pounds. Right. He wears spandex and like an open shirt and like, <laughs> and he's like, you're you, Ingve, you act like it's not you you know your equipment's not good enough. And Ingve just goes, yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like totally the best guy. He's so awesome. Him, he's like the ultimate rocker because he is so like just this kind of sloppy like middle aged guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he totally is like the rock star epitome of of what you know that kind of lifestyle is. Of just I don't think he. I think he's sober and everything. But he, you see him, and you're just like, yes, this guy's awesome. A rock star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome. Not like way like these other guys like Adam Devine or something they're like almost kind of half apologetic about it Ingve is just like here it is I'm wearing a a 17th century you know uh, <laughs> uh, military coat I got my 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 beer belly is exposed <laughs> I'm wearing spandex pants I have long hair He's the best. It's a bygone era. Yeah, nobody's really. It's not the. It's not the uh, gold standard anymore. And I loved that flamboyance, man. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's incredible. And he delivers technically. He's the best at what he does. Right. Like I don't like you know those guys. The unlistenable to me is like Satriani and. I guess I just group him in with that. I just thought he was the same kind of thing as that. No, because he's awesome. <laughs> those guys. Who's that other guy? Who's awesome. the G three guy? Uh, Steve Vai, Steve Vai. Joe Satriani, and um, was it? There's someone else, and Ingve uh, d- toured with them once. But those guys, yeah, no interest, none. Because wow. they're like boring. Steve they're Vi. like dads. Like, there's an album Steve Vai put out called Flexible when he was like 19 years old. I think that's pretty. Did amazing. you ever see Crossroads? No, no. With uh, Ralph Macchio. So Ralph Macchio um, makes friends with this old blues harmonica player who sold his soul to the devil down by the crossroads. For harmonica playing, right? Something. Oh. And uh, he that wa- is a waste of a soul. Yeah, yeah he wants right. his soul back. So eventually, there's this guitar duel between Steve Vai and Ralph Macchio in hell. Nice. That's the climax of the film. Wow, who wins? It's amazing. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Not the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but uh, definitely check out Crossroads. It's crossroads. not the Britney Spears movie. That was a okay. different. Or the uh, British soap opera that was widely known as being one of the worst shows on TV. Sure, for our American for listeners, it was called Soccer. <laughs> Thank or you. the Thank uh, you. or the Fender Rhodes based Christopher Cross cover band that I was briefly in in Portland, which is not is not a joke. Actually. Christopher Co- Cross Cross Rhodes with an H. Uh, my, my roommate played drums. I played Rhodes, and we just knew one song, which is "Ride Like the Wind," and we would play it at parties. <laughs> nice, wow, Andy. There's a I video like on YouTube. Cross. Look up Crossroads with an H. Wow, yeah, I had, we both had yachting caps. Um, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Wow, see? We, we Everyone could, has Ironically, secrets. we had yachting caps, but we couldn't play Salem. 
too hard. Just right like the wind. You didn't have the uh, piano chops? Yeah, I don't think there's any pi- I think it's guitar. Sailing. Yeah. How's so, that song do you going? know neither of those guys can swim? <laughs> Fact. Neither of which guys? Christopher Cross or... I'm, I'm okay. Sure. <laughs> Did you know that three of the members of Chicago are from Kansas? <laughs> and three of the members from Kansas are from Boston? And three of the members from Boston? Uh... I don't know. And most of Toto is from Africa. Uh, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> right. Now, Yingve, uh, v- he's technical, very scientific. There, thank you. To, I'm trying, around, I'm trying man. No, no, yeah, let's, get on for, let's, let's get into a story. <laughs> we're we're making up for last week by not, yes, by putting off the science. So uh, let's, let's get into something. I think some. science won. I think that's the... We've established you didn't study science formally. But certainly you are a smart gentleman. You're I, you know, I have a very, yeah, I, I appreciate the Cartesian uh, analysis of things and yeah, and, and you invented you had one of the first podcasts. You were technological. I invented podcasting, and I was pioneer. the first person to have uh, streaming comedy videos on the internet. These are things that you are not joking about. I'm not joking about that. Well, yeah, you seem like a very analytical guy. Um, um, well, here's here's a first story. Um, and this, I've been scanning it through because it feels like the kind of thing that would show up in the Daily Mail with absolutely no real science behind it. But it's in New Scientist and is referencing a real paper um, in uh, an article in the journal Current Biology. But it seems that cabbages are better for you if they're kept to their natural cycle of day and night after harvest. What do you mean? Um, so once they've been harvested, keeping them within the, like, the natural, like the, I guess the plant equivalent of the circadian rhythm, uh, keeping them sort of... How would you well, fake that? Eight hours of night. You, you keep them in a, in a greenhouse where it gets darkness. dark. Or you keep them outside. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So it gets dark at nighttime and light in daytime. And it turns out doing that seems to treble the amount of anti-cancer chemicals they contain. Which wow. is a British word meaning multiply by three. Did you not say treble? <laughs> we don't really say no. it. Really? I mean, I, maybe. Every, every week there's another one of those that I find <laughs> out. Like every week. I've been... Where'd you I've, go? Treble? But I, I've been in America. Double and then treble. I said it once oh, wow. in the South, got into a lot of treble. <laughs> wow. I've wow. been in America for on and off for six years now. So cutting something by one third. Well, we say is triple. base. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so it times threes the amount of... <laughs> we got triple. Triples. Triples. With a P. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to learn the language, man. <laughs> I like trebles. I'm not taking a side here. They're yeah. Both- one the other day I can't remember was it the trouble with tribbles Star Trek <laughs> infamous Star Trek episode yep that's that's where the word came from and oh fancy dress that was the one I got pulled up on fancy dress a fancy dress party what does that mean to you <laughs> oh you, you mean dress, like black tie dress up fancy. no not at all in Britain that's a costume party Ah, okay. Uh, so if, if it's a fancy dress party in Britain, that means you, someone will be dressed fancy. as Spider Man, someone else will be a fairy. Sure. You know, a fancy Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, never and I that. mentioned that just in passing, and then I just got a room full of Americans going, ah, fancy dress. <laughs> wow. Wow. That does seem Ooh, a bit uh, prim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is that known throughout Britain, or is that the upper crust? You're, no, you're no, part of is, the, uh, the uh, aristocrats, what, aren't like, you? When I was like five years old, I went. Like oh, you, get you get invited to a fancy dress party up until like adulthood as well. Fancy dress party in Britain you, means sure. dress in a costume, and it might be it might be themed or it might be a generic. dress. If you go whatever. to the the Cockney neighborhoods and you tell them fancy dress, they know what that means. They know if they will. If you say fancy dress, they will 
they will find their best Batman approximation <laughs> sure. and wear it with gay abandon. Hello, Commissioner Gordon. Hello, RV Dent. RV Dent. That's how Batman sounded in Britain. We had, we had every episode dubbed into that. <laughs> His utility belt just had a, a chimney sweeping brush. Yeah. All, yeah. Oh, that bloody joker. <laughs> Nice. By the way, you should point out every time you're saying fancy dress, you're making air quotes. So it makes it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> these these cabbages, these cabbages, so these cabbages need light and then and then darkness in the uh, in the. So apparently, pattern. to protect the cabbages, uh, in general, to protect themselves against pests such as caterpillars and larvae, uh, they produce repellent chemicals called uh, uh, glucosinolates. Let me get that right. Uh, glucosinolates. They've been found. Which have been found to inhibit some cancers in rats and mice, and there have been some suggestions that they reduce cancer risk in humans. Uh, the level of them in Thalecress, a relative of the cabbage, peaked during the day when pests are most, ac- most active before dropping off at night. To see if it was also the case in cabbages, even if they were detached from the plant, uh, Janet Bram of Rice University in Houston, Texas. So it's well, a spe- she only studies rice, though. I mean, that's not so fair she- to say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess she can branch out. Uh, and she found out that if cabbages were kept under um, uh, artificial light during the day and in the dark at night, the leaves suffered 20 times less damage from the caterpillars than if the natural cycle was disrupted, for example, by being exposed to constant light. Uh, then they did chemical analysis on the leaves. Well, whose fridge is full of caterpillars? Like, how did she figure that out? You'd still have to have the pests around, you'd think. Yeah, after you remove it from the plant, I think they left them in a in, in a, a greenhouse, greenhouse where with caterpillars, where caterpillars could have got at it. Well, and was the control of the test also a normal person that just cuts off the cabbage and brings it in their house? It puts it in the refrigerator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they check people's fridges. That's how they do it. And they went around supermarkets. Well, what I mean is, it seems to me like doing it the other way, <laughs> it would have significantly less caterpillars on it because you remove it from the environment There's with no caterpillars. With caterpillars. I, I presume what they did was they had. Four similarly caterpillar exposed greenhouses, um, or not even greenhouses. It could just be a room, but just where caterpillars could get at it. Um, well, you and- know what happened. You know why it didn't work. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go for no, it. no. But they would they ate it the one night, and then they were full the next day when they did the other experiment. That's probably mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. You see, you have to bring in new caterpillars. <laughs> and a lot <laughs> of the budget now with the funding, they don't have the Well, yeah, the, they the science funding in this country, you know. Well, yeah, I think they only had one caterpillar for the entire study. Well, wow. okay. So, yeah, he got full on the first night. But it was a hungry, hungry caterpillar. Now, I, and then he became a butterfly. This is a, a serious very question. very hungry when, caterpillar, when, even. Yeah. I always get the very hungry caterpillar and, and the hungry, hungry, hungry hippos, hippos mixed up. <laughs> when something reduces cancer risk, or when something, you know, is proven to do that, um, oh, this helps, you know, it helps you not get cancer. I guess what that really means is it just helps your cells regenerate more stably. Uh, I don't, I don't know, know much about cancer, to be honest. <laughs> well, can- cancer say- is such a vague term, which is why I don't believe there will be just a generic cancer cure. I think it's because an I antioxidant. Think- Isn't that what the, all that business is? Oh, well, actually, there's there's a bit of dispute on that because the whole, this thing has antioxidants, doesn't necessarily... There's a theory that actually antioxidants aren't good for you in the slightest. There's, theory that, there's another theory that they're neutral... This whole drive for the more antioxidants than ever right. in any, any food is potentially complete bullshit. Well, as, um, as, which as, is why I was wary reading this story because whenever you hear chemical that reduces cancer, in this case, it's four MSO, which is a glu- glucosinolate. Uh, right, but on chemical. a on a cellular 
cellular cellular, cellular level I would assume that that I mean glucose it's got some uh, we're really getting into the probably part of the oh, yeah. title but I would assume that that would mean some sort of a sugary something right mm-hmm. um which on a cellular a level sugary person from China I think is what that would be it doesn't say what uh, it doesn't say in this article what um well I've just cancer has always confused me because it's it's such a vague it just means a cell grew back, out of control, fucked kind of. up, yeah. and affects yeah. the cells around which, it. Which is why, as a general rule, whenever whenever those rogue clinics come up, we're like, this is what the science community doesn't want you to know. Just give me $20,000 right, right, right. a week, <laughs> and we will sure. we'll cure your cancer. Right. And then they have massive fundraising drives for some sick girl, and it all would goes they have a, Would stuff. they have a fancy dress fundraiser? Exactly. Drive? They'd have a fancy dress fundraiser. But whenever they have those, whenever they have those things, whenever a treatment comes out that it's just like, this will cure cancer as a generic thing, that's... Well, that's that should bullshit. always be treated with suspicion. Yeah, and it's a bit like saying well, this the, will cure virus. Well, the cure. <laughs> oh, oh, it cures like as, as, HIV, the cold, and chickenpox. Yeah, well, like yeah. virus. As I understand it, the only cure for cancer, just generic, all of it, would be to stop cells from regenerating messed up at all. So to do that, though, I mean, there's each cell has a number of regenerations sort of in it, ingrained in it. And you would have to stop that, which the only cure for cancer is immortality, as I understand it. Well, as I understand it, and I, I learned this from Dennis Leary, is that there is no cure for cancer. <laughs> but I think this is about preventing cancer, and that might be easier than curing it, probably. Well, but I'm preventing the same thing. I, I'm saying that it seems to me the only, you know, the only fail-safe prevention of cancer mm-hmm. i mean you can be a non-smoker and get lung cancer because your cells are always regenerated yeah, but there's something isn't there some animal that doesn't get cancer it's like a porcupine or something <laughs> there is there right? yeah you know i know you are on something. i can't remember what it was mm. but there i think there is at least one species that doesn't that seems to be immune from it and is therefore being studied to find out what it does well yeah i mean I, yeah right wow but it's a mammal that's, in, that's interesting yeah that's interesting mm. it doesn't no matter what you do to it you can put it in the microwave you can do all you make it they added chain smoke yeah yeah <laughs> oh by the way talks on its phone to, uh, all day we got a great um well a tweet actually that mentioned us uh from a fan who listened to the episode when matt talked about putting putting split grapes in the microwave have you ever done this no i haven't if you split a grape in half and then keep the skin connected put it um flat side up on a plate and then microwave it for 10 and seconds and one of our so. listeners got his young son to do yep. this experiment oh it explodes on you when you pick it up it, no, no it, it creates great. a plasma it's uh it, it it's like a little fireworks show in your microwave which is i guess pretty safe uh if you're just doing it with a few grapes for 10 seconds yeah don't microwave it for more than about 10 seconds yeah but uh, it was really awesome it was i i i sort of didn't believe it when matt said it and then uh we had a listener do and then that. yeah listener got got his kid involved and did the experiment and it worked that so, listener you know is... what else you can do is put ivory soap in the microwave oh it expands right right yeah that was one we did it grows pete yeah, moraney cool. pete moraney and his son uh, is, is that a way to just get free more soap you just no, buy a bar that's dense oh, okay but just, it looks cool it you looks buy like a bar and pop it in there and then you have like an inside of a microwave shaped cube of soap I bet, I bet around. it would fill. If you put like three bars in there, it probably would fill it up. Fill the whole microwave, really? It's awesome. I've never tried it. Ivory, it's the only one. Don't try any other brand. Ivory has air in it. 
Ivory, that's the Ivory, it, it floats. floats. That's because it, it has air in it, yeah. Um, mm. I think I've done it with other soaps. It does still... It doesn't work. Uh, there, There is one possible... Um, uh... There's an article actually in the same uh, current issue of New Scientist that was also t- that was talking about exactly this uh, uh, cure for g- generic cure for yeah, cancer. Sure, sure. Um, which uh, it says current treatments are based on the bulk brute removal of cell, but we miss even a few. Uh, and evolution will see to it that cancer returns in a new, often more resistant form. Um, bacteriologists and vi- virologists or virologists, I'm not sure how you pronounce that word. Have uh, long employed evolutionary biology to develop therapies aimed at thwarting adaptation. Um, so there, there is um, the their, the rapid evolution of tumors may be their Achilles heel. Uh, may be the way that they try to attack it. And again, like exactly as you were saying, shut off that process, which would work for all cancers in theory. But well, that's once the cancer is developed. I think is developing, yeah. Um, but again, it's. I think if we keep as a general it for a few more minutes here, we'll probably figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, about- I mean, obviously, <laughs> these are things that I mean, it's not like a, it's right. not a job that people sit around and try to figure this out. I mean, that's not a career well, you, you can just, go into. You just look at the words really involved in, like, you know, what is cancer, and you just think about what might treat yeah. it. If and you I have feel like, like think, we if, could, if you can find something that's an anagram for cancer, it it will Racer. cure it. No, that's not. It. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember say it one backwards. Do you say yeah. it backwards? Three, three times. When I, I when yeah. I was uh, seventeen or eighteen, I used to hang out in. Uh, and this sort of relates to cancer. I used to hang out in uh, Waffle House for like eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Nashville, mm-hmm. so you could smoke cigarettes in there. You know, you couldn't smoke at my parents' house. So I was sitting there with all my like weird, uh, you know, mohawk friends from high school, and um, I remember this this one guy, uh, Rob. Was uh, he was talking about how the ice caps melting would not raise the sea level? It won't. And everyone thought he was brilliant for that. Why? What was his theory? That ice, you know, expands. Ice is ice is expanded water, so the sea, the sea level would actually go down. And well, also, you'd have the the ice over Greenland. Once it would go away, then the continent would rise up because it wouldn't have the weight on it. I know. I know. Uh, no, but I'm saying if you're talking about like, and you can bring this down to a smaller scale by saying, as an ice cube melts in a glass, the level of the water doesn't change. Like uh, the ice is ten percent flo- floating above because it's ninety uh, percent the density. It's it's the, it's less dense than water. But then as it um, as it melts, the water level doesn't rise. It just stays the same, and the ice drops into the water and is. It becomes water, which is denser. But so that's assuming that these ice caps are just floating in water, which is not always the case. So if they're above water at all, yes, they they're melting well, could raise the levels. Andy, if, I think if this I is think, all floating. I think you're, you're right, missing my point here. My point okay. is obviously you're right. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sorry. I thought I, you were just, no, I'm not agreeing know, with what Rob. Am I, what point what, am I arguing? No, here? what I'm saying oh. is I was relating it to our like cancer talk. Is like everyone thought this guy's brilliant. And it's like oh, at the Waffle, Waffle House, House at three in the morning. <laughs> He figured out what the oh he just he has this information the whole scientific community ignored like no one came up with this. I, rem- um, I remember my friend my friend Jordan <laughs> he was substantially younger at this point like I think we probably were about I'm gonna guess maybe ten, uh, but his theory on how we could travel faster than the speed of light relied on the power um, in like compressed air tanks, <laughs> based on how large the explosion was at the end of Jaws. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I was like, see how big that explosion is? If you put that in a rocket, <laughs> yeah. the speed of light. And it, Actually, this kind of ties in with a, a listener letter we got this week from... Um, Actually, it wasn't even... Oh, Matt from St. Paul, Minnesota. Didn't give his last name. Very smart, Matt. Very canny of you. Uh, nice, Matt. He, There's only one in Matt in St. Paul, Minnesota. And though. he wrote to us. And let me tell you something about this guy. Huge penis. <laughs> Lovely penis. <on> that. <laughs> he did attach a photo. Yep. You, don't, you don't give us your last name? We talk good about you. Yeah, make it happen. Anyhow, so he wrote in because we, we, we mentioned that uh, there, there could be problems with the potential Mars mission because of the levels of radiation you'd be exposed to, given that we assume the trip takes... What about five hundred days round trip? Is the is the current assumption with? That's what I remember it being roughly when I did last. Um, but he nice. wrote about depends how often you stop for gas. <laughs> uh, this is he wrote in about um, something called nuclear pulse propulsion, which was first proposed back in the nineteen forties. Um, they figured everything out in the forties, right? Everything we have, the entire space program, pin- Pinnacle was in the sixties. Now we're just downhill. Downhill. They had those guys knew what they were. They doing. knew what they were doing. Uh, it was a project developed by DARPA called Project Orion, um, and Matt was very excited about the potential of uh, getting to Mars in four days instead of nine months, and the uh, the cost per pound for cargo using these nu- using basically nuclear nuclear detonations as propulsion would be only about fifty dollars per pound as opposed to twenty or ten thousand dollars per pound as current space shuttle. Um, costs are so you'd have uh, nuclear explosions propel- propelling you the entire way, and uh, using a massive spaceship the size of an ocean liner, um, and the propellant has such a massive thrust. This is according to Matt. I didn't research this. I'm try- taking you. If you're wrong, Matt, it's on you. Uh, it has mu- such a massive thrust <laughs> that it could have radiation shielding far in excess of anything possible with traditional chemical rockets that would completely ameliorate the danger. Um, Wait, does he mean exacerbate? I, I thought the danger was just the amount of time. It, well, yeah. So okay. if it's so, in four days, you're fine anyway. That's yes. the moon trip. You know? Yeah. Just but put, I mean, a, I don't put know another sheet saying. of lead on the uh, on the walls there. Well, this is this is deal. one of the problems that because the, another sheet of lead is a huge amount of extra weight, and extra weight means extra thrust needed and extra cost and so on. Uh, there was one. There was one option we discussed in an earlier show about using Poop. the astronauts' waste. Sure. As to co- as radiation sort of shielding, coat, coat the ship. Yeah, yeah, they use they use the water that water and food that they consume on the on the beginning stages, and then as they consume food and water and excrete waste, then the waste replaces it in the walls. Well, so yeah, it's well, constantly so water, it doubles up. It's like using using the payload that you have to car- carry anyway. To yeah, its but best you know advantage. that that wouldn't be very pleasant. You know, you don't want to arrive in Mars. What if what if there's a landing party there for you? You <laughs> walk out of the ship. I think you it would look be. like a. That is embarrassing. Yeah, you know what? That's not the first impression you want to make. You do look like you're staging some kind of dirty protest. You yeah, had a bit of a mental how about breakdown. A, on... We come in peas. Huh? We come in peas. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's what you would also, say. Also, how much Except radiation shielding would you get? It wouldn't actually be pea because the pea mostly would have been like reconstituted for water. Like they would have taken the the water. Sure, sure. Would have just been like maybe. Right like, now, they dump the solid waste into space. Which again is unpleasant. Like it's just, I feel. No, I think that's all right. It's really, just rude. Just, it's just like, rude. I, I remember driving with a comic once on a road trip, and like he just he had like we stopped for service stop, and he just he got a burger and just like chucked everything straight out the window when he was done. And I was just like, "What are you doing? It just what are you? You can't <laughs> well, that's do not that." Nice, but in the vacuum of space, 
I mean, come on. Yeah, space. Is I'll just, throw out a burger wrapper in space. It's just full of Gatorade pee bottles. You know, it's just truckers going yeah. through space tossing. You know, and there. I and I do want to uh, mention this actually. This could be a little PSA. A lot of people think that it, it's still okay to litter. Uh, like organic material or like biodegradable material. Mm-hmm. So like not the burger wrapper, but let's say the burger itself. Yeah, um, yeah that's okay. Well, it's not okay. Uh, because You're on a road, for God's sake. So the whole thing is... I mean, aesthetically, is, it's not okay. No, no. What happens, that's the reason a lot of animals get fucking hit by car. Like you could kill yeah. somebody because a deer comes out to right. nibble on your burger patty. They shouldn't eat meat. See, it's survival, you're survival of the fittest in the deer community. I'm saying that you th- like that's, that's a lot of animals get hit because of littered food. Hey, we've got to thin out the herd, you know? All right, all right. If it's Just not letting, done, letting, you, letting you guys know, you might want to also throw that in the trash. I what, throw what, what's, your, what's your take on uh, I just solved the moon fruit. thing, though, before okay. you go. Sorry. Just have them wear those radiation suits they wear in the nuclear power plant. You don't have to line the whole ship. I mean, how bad can the radiation be? If you have like it's a real bad. It's really bad. It's really it's, bad. It's really no, quite it's bad not. when you're in. We, we, we did a story a couple weeks ago about how uh, the, the amount you'd be exposed to, I guess, assuming current technology. What they did, they put a sensor inside of the Curiosity rover that just got sent to Mars and measured, put it in, in whatever the equivalent shielding that a human would be for that trip. And over the course of that trip, they found that you would have over the limit of the amount of total lifetime radiation that's considered acceptable risk. And also, do yeah. you want to be wearing a radiation suit for an entire mission? For, for 500 for, days. To go to Mars, and I would do it. You would do it. I would, would absolutely do it. Wear a radiation suit. If I was the first man on Mars, I think instead I'd of even, sit in a suit for 500 Instead days. of even worrying about these radiation suits, they should just stockpile a ship with cabbage. Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. Just eat they that cabbage. Have cancer. a light. Yeah. You know, flip the light every eight hours. That's yeah. right. And uh, you're, you're fine. So actually, the cabbage thing—the moral there is like when you're when you're getting something out of the refrigerator, just make sure to leave the door open exactly for like eight yeah. to ten hours before closing it again. Right. right. Excellent. So thanks, thank you for writing in, Matt from St. Paul. Oh, the other thing that was kind of cool about this nuclear propulsion idea is that the the acceleration would be so ridiculous that you would have like this is all according to Matt. So I'm just taking your word. You'd have one G the entire trip, so you'd have artificial gravity en route. Um, yeah, Which, but it'd be gravity against the wall. You'd be pinned against the. Well, well you, you the build the floor. Wall. That would be the floor. You'd yeah, that doesn't that doesn't matter because you're arbitrary. in space, so it's yeah. just constantly. I think that's more than one g. You can make well. I mean, you could accelerate yourself at whatever you want. I mean, if you have the power to. What's the what's the gravity is one g which is neg- 10 negative ten right meters second second uh, three. That's like really super slow. So if you're going ten, yeah, ten, ten feet per second per second. No, it's meter. ten meters. Ten, it's roughly ten meters. Right, but ten, if you are, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're having a, a series of nuclear explosions behind you, it's going to be way more than one g. No, not necessarily. Of course. 1G is 10 meters per second per second. If you go at that rate to Mars, it'll take you like... It's not a rate. No, because that's not the speed. That's the acceleration. If you're matter. accelerating constantly, then your, your, your speed very quickly becomes in the tens of thousands of miles per hour than the hundreds of thousands of miles per hour. I mean, when, you, when that slows down, though, to land, can you imagine how hard you'd smack into the windshield? Yeah. Well, that's I mean, the that's thing. I guess crazy. when you're slowing down, you then have to, you then ha- you'd have to have a day where you move... Where you move your rocket around so that you then put the floor on the ceiling and the ceiling on the floor. Yeah, and that's a mind trip. No one wants. No mm. one wants that. That's so what they did in two thousand one. Then you're the other way around. Well, well, in two thousand one, they, they had the had spinny, constant roots spinning thing. And I went to the LACMA exhibit about Stanley Kubrick, and they had lots of uh, video and photos of 
the set that they built for that because they yeah. had this giant rotating set where the cameras would be fixed. They would rotate, but then obviously the humans are on the bottom the whole time when yeah. running around and stuff. That's when movies were movies. Right? I yeah. Know. That is a pretty cool exhibit, by the way, if anybody is a fan of Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. That was a great exhibit. But also, what are you going to have? A ship take off Earth with all these with all these bombs in it? And then well, they would have to assemble have a the ship in thing space, going. right? Was that... Well, this thing, it would be constant. The size of the It wouldn't be a nuclear explosion. It would be like nuclear power plants. By the way, it is 10 me- I don't know why I thought it was 10 feet per Of course, it's 10 meters per second per second. Come on, meters, yeah, of, yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of yeah, course. Andy, need- you yeah. jumped up. It'd be roughly 30 feet per It's 32.174 feet per second. Per second Well, see, that was a <sighs> science fact. It says about three feet actually, isn't it 9.8? It's actually negative 9.8. Just, you know. But you know, just so any, if anyone's doing the calculations that's the rate of to figure out how to do the speed, but they yeah. would ha- they would have to right. assemble this ship in space, correct? I don't really know. Uh, hold on a second. Let it's me. It's ocean liner sized. Yeah, I, uh, listen, I'm just trusting an email from that's a random not, person. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But that's no, but not the five dollars a pound to you know. Uh, maybe if it, but I mean, he's talking about a giant thing, so eventually it gets to the point that you make some. Does he say what the difference is in power between uh, between that nuclear um, reactor and uh, an actual nuclear and, uh, like an, and an air canister, like a scuba <laughs> like, tank? Like from Jaws. Some sort he of... said bomb, with bombs that had a total yield of less than each of the 10 target nuclear tests that the US and USSR conducted, it would pose very little risk to humans if launched from a highly remote location. Such as the U.S. owned Howland Island in the South Pacific. This guy's thought it through a lot. It blows up like... in the atmosphere. It's, here's the other question I have. Mm-hmm. You don't need a. It's in space. If you're accelerating at ten negative or ten meters per second per second, mm-hmm. you only need that initial thrust, right? No, he's saying it'll be going the entire time. You're accelerating constantly, so eventually why... your speed is astronomical. But there would be a point that you then have to somehow slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, half the trip you'd be accelerating, half the trip you'd be decelerating, I guess, unless there's a way to decelerate even faster, but then you would be subject to those ridiculous G-forces. So I guess well, you'd have would... to be slowing down for half the trip if you want to have constant G-forces. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I if feel like... Have, if you have, want to have one G constantly. Here's the deal. Matt is in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. I feel like Matt should drive to Franklin, Tennessee. All right? It's going to be about 12 hours. I feel like you should hang out with Rob. You, you guys hang out in a waffle, waffle House, house. <laughs> start a podcast. You guys have answers. Why don't okay. we go to one of those Jupiter moons? Less radiation, right? Because you go away from the sun. Wait, what, what, what are you saying? The radiation, the radiation in space isn't just coming from the sun, though. It's because it's there's no atmosphere. It's coming, yeah. It's, once, you're in, once you're in space, you've got it's nothing protecting. because they're using iPads now. Yeah, but yeah, they, there used to be no space. radiation in space, but now it's, you know. What do you, Neil uh, Armstrong did it. You didn't hear him. No gripes from him. He wasn't a very gripey man. I think that's why they select them. They select them early on. They select the gripey ones, and put them to like Earth-based tasks. Right. right. Well, and also work. Neil Neil Armstrong just passed away. Obviously now. Yeah, ninety years old. Right. But it probably uh, was healthy for him to go. No, to no, space. no. Open open casket. Did you see? He had a tail. He had three eyes. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a nightmare. Hey, he was still a national hero. It was a nightmare. Matt uh, met uh, Buzz Aldrin. I have. Guy, he had gills. I've shaken his hand, and the hand that I shook him with has never been the same. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin. It doesn't you weigh get anything, him on the show. that hand. You have to keep, like, yeah, just keep <laughs> consciously <laughs> pulling it down. <laughs> and also, Buzz Aldrin, everywhere he goes, he is tethered to the earth. 
<laughs> he wears magnetic boots. Yeah. 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 Just a ball and chain. He so has to- I'm reading up more about this uh, Project Orion, this nuclear pulse propulsion. Orion? Thing. Orion. Project Orion. 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 Hmm. All right. <laughs> like the constellation. Uh, but there's also a similar... Oh, the Irish guy. A subsidiary of this called the Medusa design, um, which is a nuclear pulse propulsion that has more in common with solar sails than with conventional rockets. It was proposed in the 1990s. Um, and a Medusa spacecraft would deploy a large sail ahead of it, attached by cables, and then launch nuclear explosives forward to detonate between itself and its sail. Sure. And the sail would be accelerated by the impulse, and the spacecraft would follow. Right. Which Yeah, that sounds easy. <laughs> yeah. But I can't imagine how that doesn't, if you have it between you and the sail, how that you manage to make sure that that nuclear explosion doesn't break the string attaching you to your kite or whatever that thing is. Because it's photon strings. Okay. So yeah. mm. everything's fake. Again, these are things that probably never occurred to them in the boardroom meeting at NASA. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. are questions that were never raised, and I'm glad we're getting to the bottom of it. Why don't we just move the Earth closer to Mars? Good That's call. Probably easier than doing all this stuff. But it is yeah, next time, next about. time they pass nearest to each other, we just lasso it. Right. Attach a little ladder. Mm-hmm. Have a length of space string. elevator, and then, uh, it's a wonderful life. And then yes. do a big like kind of commando swing thing, slide thing. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what else we got, guys? Well, there's a story that uh, is near and dear to the hearts of, of comedians, which all of us are. Uh, this is from BBC Science about how clapping is revealed to be a social contagion. Applause is a social contagion. Not in my shows. <laughs> well, here's, here's good news for you, uh, David, because it's apparently unrelated to the level of performance. The quality of the performance mm. does not drive the amount of applause an audience gives, a study suggests. Uh, instead, according to this BBC article, scientists have found that clapping is contagious and the length of innovation is influenced by how other members of the crowd behave. They say it takes just a few people to start clapping for applause to spread through a group and just one or two individuals to stop for it to die out. This is a study done in Sweden and is published in the Journal of the Royal Society Interface. Well, yeah, socialists. <laughs> of course, they're going to do things. They have group mind over there. Yeah. This but explains I, the popularity of ABBA, you guys. Yeah. Right? Mm. But I've, I've done this before. Like, I was watching a friend of mine tape a thing for a TV show, and the audience was a little bit flat. So I just started a couple of applause breaks, yeah. and the audience kind of cottoned on, and then that sort of upped the level a little bit. Yeah. Um, mm. You could definitely... You can start applause in a whole room. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so uh, this is lead author Dr. Richard Mann from the University of Uppsala uh, said you can get quite different lengths of applause even if you have the same quality of performance purely coming from the dynamics. Um, and in one case, an audience might clap on average 10 times per person. Another time, they might clap three times as long. And all that comes from is... And all that comes from is that you have this social pressure to start clapping. But once you've started... There's an equally strong social pressure not to stop until someone initiates that stopping. So it's a form of social contagion, and it could shed light into other areas, including how trends come and go in fashion or how, how ideas spread on the Internet. I uh, said, here we tested whether you're more driven by the total number of people in the room or the people sitting next to you. And the equivalent on Facebook or Twitter would be whether you're more likely to join in a trend if you see lots of people in the wider world mentioning it or if just your closer friends mention it. Hmm. But yeah, it's not related to the performance at all. You could just start people going and uh, feel like you did something awesome. But those, I mean, I'd like to think it's related to the performance a little. Maybe the first person to get you. Well, that's what I mean. It. The first person, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the first person could just be a plant, like we said, and then right. But those, but then those, st- I didn't realize. Like I knew you could start applause. I didn't realize th- the thing I learned from this is 
um, you can also you and a, if you and a friend stop clapping after like yeah. five to seven claps, yeah, that a few claps later, awesome. everyone else will just have stopped as well. It's over. Wow. Well, this is the thing we used to. Uh, this is so lame. God, and I want to stop it before I even start it. Um, Do you guys ever play instruments in an orchestra type setting? Oh yeah, I played violin for ten played years. Played violin, another job. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, I played recorder, and then I did. I did like a year of violin at school. Have I told you this before? I, I've got a. I've got. I still have the report that I've saved uh, from the teacher that has the sentence. Um, I understand Matthew wishes to give up the violin at the end of this term. Normally, I'm sad when a pupil of mine wishes to give up an instrument. <laughs> for this time, I feel it may be for the best. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's really awesome. That's that's the very un-American. Just that's the not what we do. Squeakiest twinkle, twinkle little star. Yeah. That's exactly one of the songs that I ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> the violin's Sometimes one of those instruments that until you reach a certain level and it's a fairly high up level, it sounds awful. Yeah, like it sounds like a piano, a piano or a guitar. You can get like half decent sounds yeah. out of it with a minimum of experience and ability sure the chord but, might not make sense but the instrument sounds like the instrument yeah, yeah but a violin just until you get like the <laughs> right. left hand doing the vibrato properly and the bowing action right it just sounds terrible yeah, yeah. right and even like it's very scratchy sounding yeah well, even good. even a virtuoso like it sounds if you actually really pay attention to the sound it's quite squeaky and scratchy mm-hmm. it's just being done so well that you sort of fail to notice. <laughs> you could forget the scratchiness. I did a thing where I, I switched to viola so I could be in the fancier orchestra because I wasn't <laughs> good enough. Just of them? Or? Their, their parts are so easy because oh, they're just like okay. um, does the viola harmony have, or something. Does it have the same notes as the violin? It's the exact same except um, the, it has one lower string. It shares three, the three lower strings of the violin. Oh, okay. And uh, it has a different... Um, like to read music, it's a different clef, right? Right. But it's the same, the same three strings exactly. So you're just adding in. So one other string, you play it the exact same way. It's a little bit bigger, but it's basically the same. And it's so the parts are like remedial. Are there compared to violins? So I was like in the fancy violins, like the way they're like seven strings. I think there actually are for electric ones, right? They do for like crazy, crazy violin players. The fifth lower string, sure. I had an electric violin player who was the band leader for this thing. When I was in high school, the local shopping mall in Ann Arbor had its 20th anniversary, so they brought together this pops orchestra thing. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I auditioned for that. I got to be the trombone player in it, but it was like, you know, it was like hip. It was like you got some strings, you got some, some horns, and then you got electric guitar and singers and drums and stuff, and we... Did some hits of the day. We did uh, uh, "Free Your Mind" by En Vogue. Uh, nice, yeah. <laughs> and a James Bond medley, some Stevie Wonder stuff. And they brought in this hotshot band leader from San Francisco who would uh, wear <laughs> Converse All Stars and a tuxedo and play electric violin. What a rebel! Cool. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. But he I was actually he was awesome. really awesome. Yeah. And he he's also an actor and he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He was the waiter in the big scene when he's got to go play back the violin. Between. Did he play the violin? For the for the Ann Arbor Mall Ventennial celebration. Yeah, the uh by by decadial Vene- venereal, I think. Venereal. It is. venereal, yeah, yeah. But it was like a paying gig. I got paid a thousand dollars to play What? Nice. So for I mean, you. we had to rehearse for months, we had to do like twenty shows. Um 
but it was pretty awesome. And then since then, I've actually... Were you playing in this? What instrument? Trombone. Trombone. Oh, trombone. You're a professional trombonist I've got VHS copies of this, guys. If you want to go watch this afterwards. <laughs> oh. We'll put it on the um, website with the with the Benny the Jet video. But then I moved to San Francisco, and I ended up... Uh, I ended up dating a girl whose aunt is one of the dancers and choreographers for this. This guy is like kind of a big band leader in San Francisco. Dick Bright. You guys can look up Dick Bright's SRO. He's got this like really wow. elaborate. He's like he's like the, the Benny the Jet of yeah. band leaders. It's like there. a giant cover band that uh, is it's like they do mostly corporate stuff. But I've seen them do a couple gigs at like the um, at Bimbo's in San Francisco. Mm hmm. They're tight. I mean, they they get all the hits. You got the Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, you got yeah. the Casey and the Sunshine Band. Sure. Michael Jackson medley. It's uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Bright's SRO. Look it up. SRO is that standing what you're saying? room only? Oh, okay. Yeah, or single room occupancy, depending on how you wanna. Right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now, what what story got us here? Uh, we were talking about how Matt got the clap. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and how I spread it around a room, but stopped it when I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I buy that. I do think, though, that the the performance is related to what triggers those sort of alphas to do their. I, I mean, I guess I guess yeah. you would yeah. just call it an alpha. Well, I wonder if there are if there is that sense in, in, even in a room with people that don't know each other well. If if there is a. Um... Yeah, I, I generally take on that role. <laughs> That's the David Angelo of the room. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's like the silverback gorilla. <laughs> sure. Sure. I think if you put a single silverback gorilla in any audience, most it will change the dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it'll affect the show. Speaking of silverback gorillas, uh, this isn't science related, but we forgot to talk about this, Jesse. Our one of our roommates mm. is this. Is this appropriate to talk about? Oh no, I was I was going mm, like that. Let's, let's get do into it. it real quick. This will be. We'll get back on science soon. He's he's not here. I don't think. Um, but he's he's getting some heat on a screenplay he wrote a while back. An erotic thriller. Erotic he, write, thriller. he writes erotic thrillers. Um, Neo noir. All of his erotic thrillers have one word titles. Oh really? I haven't I haven't read other ones. I just oh so you read we both read flawless. You can't give the name of it. What if it becomes what if it gets made and we get that's a working a, that's title? A, that's already a movie. I think. Oh, right. That's the thing. So they're going right. to change the title. Oh okay. I, um, I do worry he might hear us talking about this because I was looking forward to it. I was really optimistic that it might be. Well, I guess I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't really think it was going to be great, but uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's something. I was on jury duty the last two days, so I read the entire screenplay just in the waiting room. And uh, you were the guy. You were the guy in the jury waiting room reading a screenplay <laughs> on a Kindle, so no one could tell Jesus. what I was reading. Oh, okay, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. But uh, on the back of the Kindle, there's a photo Headshot. of the Hollywoods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's your take on on this on this noir? It, to me, it's uh, the take is that it it like it. Of course, that's what he wrote. Like it is. A it's like a, just a backup. What's the plot? It's like a Joe Esterhaus wannabe. There's diamond smuggling. There's a I knew it'd femme, be about diamonds. Femme fatale. There's uh, yeah. It's just like uh, well, this woman who's irresistible. But they don't really paint the picture in the screenplay of what makes her so irresistible. It's just two guys really want to fuck her, and she likes to have sex. And then there's a reveal at the end that the that. Like the, that really ther- therapy thing that she was molested is like—is that supposed to be a payoff? It's like, dude, I read it like three years ago. It was just oh, okay, in my okay. room when I moved in. Um, um, there was just a screenplay called Flawless. Oh, so it hasn't it. been made but there's, yet. But there's a there's a third act uh, fight involving like uh, what do you call the? Is that called the Mexican standoff? And like a, 
a, a huge uncut diamond being kind of like slid along a marble floor between people who have knives and guns pointed at each other. You yeah. don't remember any of this? Sure, sure. Is that what it's yeah. called when everyone's pointing guns yeah. at each other like yeah, a circus yeah, yeah, yeah. standoff? Or yeah. that's just, I was like, did I just make up something super racist? Or is that the term? No, that's the term. Okay. That's, that's when they don't. That's when they just come and take our standoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Gallagher, yeah. Is this a... Uh... Is this why you got dismissed from jury duty? Because I was reading the screenplay. No, I got dismissed, I think, uh, just because... Actually, I, I, this is a longer discussion. The jury duty was amazing. I don't know if you guys have done it before, but if you ever have writer's block, go do jury duty, because you get to hear the bios of 50 random people throughout this city. It's like a cross-section of people you would never come across in your life, and you realize, like, oh, my God, everyone's lives are shit. Like, the woman sitting next to me... Because uh, you have to tell the judge what your occupation is, what your spouse's occupation is. What did you give as your occupation? I thought about that long and hard because I didn't want to like have to go down a long discussion. Uh, I'm a comedian. Or did you go I'm for like festival com- organizer? Yes, because I was like, if I say writer, it's going to lead to a discussion. I don't want to have, I just said uh, festival director. And then he said, what does that mean? I said, I run a comedy festival in Portland. And that was the, that was the end of it, which was great because then like other guys were all grandstanding about it. There was a guy who's an actor. Uh, who I recognize, I can't think of his name, but I mean, he's he's an. Are older you allowed to Robert talk De Niro? About any of this? Like, <laughs> What's that? Are you like allowed to talk about any of this? I think this is yeah, case public. This you can go in and watch. Yeah, but I mean, this yeah. isn't related to the Would case. Would you be? I wonder, like, if you jury. are a super famous actor, whether like if that's ever ha- like just get yeah. caught, they must get still get well, the, the letter for they jury, jury duty. They, they have yeah, a social yeah. security number. There. The defense attorney was on Baywatch. Like that's that's what it is to be at an L.A. jury. The defense attorney was a former child actor. He was in the movie Casper. He was on Baywatch. I am beat him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's this guy, there's this older actor guy did he, who's did bragging he? about how he's been in the business like 35 years. And he was just too cool for school. He was just fucking way too comfortable, just like leaning back, putting his arms everywhere, just audibly sighing at, at having to be there. Like the judge finally had to like give any notes out. on flawless. Yeah, he was such a dick. He wanted everyone to know how awesome he is, and he kept raising his hand to talk about his biases against uh, anybody who won't who won't testify against themselves. Like he's just trying to get out of jury duty. And the judge in the very beginning gave us a speech about how, listen, you guys can lie to me and say things that'll get you out of this, but don't be a dick. Don't do that. Like this is everyone's duty. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of. Right. I got I got no job right now. I might as well just do this. So I tried to like be as. I didn't try to say anything to get me out of it, but I still got. Uh, that uh, Baywatch the, guy, Baywatch guy, still gave me the peremptory dismissal. What was, was the trial? The what was the charge? I don't want to. I don't think I can talk about that. I think no, I can, can talk about the jury. Was what the def- was the charge? Uh, I, I, this is public information, Andy. It's robbery. It's a robbery case. All right. Um, Somebody you know, just I told us it's I can go down to the town clerk and get all the information. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and the funny thing is, but now like, we know it's a robbery that's being tried in America. But it was like six or seven counts of it, and I'm like. Because he kept asking everyone if they can presume innocence and do all these things you're supposed to do as a jury. And I know that that's the theory behind the system. And I know that people can be accused of things they didn't do. But I'm like, what are the chances? Seven. <laughs> seven right. cases of mistaken identity. Seven different incidents where right. uh, it just happened to be someone who looked like, yeah, I don't know. So it's, the defense the defense guy dismissed you because you were biased? No, I didn't say that. I, didn't, I, I was thinking that. And I was like, if I, if I wanted to get out, I could raise my hand and say this, this thing that I'm actually thinking, which is that... What are the chances that, uh, but no, it's crazy to hear everyone's stories because you have to, first of all, give your occupation and your spouse's occupation. Um, so then the first pass through is all these people who are bragging about stuff. Like there's this guy who's super proud of the fact that like he's a high school baseball coach. His son uh, was a first baseman for the Atlanta Braves. His other son's in the military. He's all hot shit. The next pass through 
you have to talk about anybody, whether, whether you or anyone else in your family has been arrested and give the story behind it. Oh, wow. So then that same guy has to, like, kind of sheepishly admit that his son also detonated a bomb in a police officer's front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh. someone's family isn't as great as they thought. Wow, it was. I, that's surprising that you have to do that. Oh stuff. yeah, and the lady next to me had to, had to admit that her husband is a convicted child molester, and then the judge was prying more about it and found out that she married him after the conviction. And I think she started crying. Someone else in the jury pool hearing the story started crying. Like it was like the saddest. People's lives are awful. Like take the average, take fifty people chosen at random anywhere All in this right. world, My their lives are awful. Six. Yeah, it's uh, it makes me thankful. Um, well, yeah, I mean to have this podcast. Humanity's just a sad, awful thing. Really? Yeah. Yes. Huh? Like there's a woman That's who's, it who's for this episode whose father, <laughs> a woman whose father was murdered, and uh, the guy walked. No one ever did time for it. Um, tons of people, tons of people who've been racially profiled because they also ask you if you have any biases for or against the police, and you hear these stories about like this Hispanic guy sitting near me. Um, talked about getting harassed walking on the street with a backpack and patted down and like the cops were giving him a hard time asked what's in the backpack and when he said books they laughed in his face and then when he showed them it was books they apologized and offered to give him a ride which he declined I'm like yeah that's uh that's really shitty like everybody every minority had had a story about getting getting roughed up by the like well yeah, it's, it's a it's a deeply ingrained systemic problem that'll take uh, generations to fix and it's awful so yeah. So um, so Patrick, oh, a little even, downer no, note. Wait, one more, one more great thing. There was a guy. Um, there was an older white guy who, like a Chris Christopherson looking guy, who was I think just trying to lie also and get out of jury duty by saying he doesn't like the cops. And the judge asked him why and gave to give specific reasons. He's like, you know, I get I get profiled. I've been uh, I've been pulled over and treated unfairly. He's like, you're not you don't exactly fit the. Uh, <laughs> the demo of the person who gets profiled by the police and the judge asked, did you have longer hair as a young man? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he just got, he got profiled because he was a long hair and yeah. he got dismissed. Yeah. If you want to get out of jury duty, you can be a dick and uh, say whatever you want. But guys, it's your duty. Who did they actually end up with then? Like if everyone got dismissed? I, I was, I lasted a long time. Uh, I thought I was going to be stuck with it because uh, they had already like gotten it down to 10 of the 12 and there were just two seats they kept filling and then kicking out filling and kicking out but like the other 10 of us were were kind of locked in there then at some point uh mr baywatch was just like during number six you can go home and it was i you know it's sort of like uh it's like a bad relationship that you want out of but then as soon as you're out you're like oh that wasn't so bad I kind of miss because yeah. I, I miss the guys, or it's like lost. I miss it's like, like the, Mrs. Child Molester. Yeah. <laughs> it's like season four lost. Like yes, yeah. I, I baseball hate, dude. I hate this show now, but I want to see how it ends. You know, like you get sucked in. Like I really want to know what happened. I want to know. You can still follow up the case. Wow. Like you got. I googled got the it. I couldn't find. Well, let's no. see if in five minutes I missed this conversation. <laughs> Jesus, Sorry. what's the next story? Whoa, man! Do you have time for another story? <laughs> uh, I think we do. Yeah. If it's real quick, I'm sorry, guys. No, no, I just uh, no. It's you and I have already talked about the it's, jury duty. It was it was yeah. on my mind, and then we haven't like, even talked about the fact yeah. that I passed my American driving test this week. Oh, nice! Congratulations uh, on the second day, That's having great. failed it the previous day on something that I found out wasn't actually a fail. What do you mean? I'm kind of uh, cross about this. Like, I all right, let's uh, hear it. Oh yeah, another fee. I told, oh, on the test you failed the I, written yeah, test. Yeah, no, 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 no. This was on the the behind the wheel, the driving oh, bit, wow. the, the practical bit of the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a. Ch- turned left on a traffic light and she failed me for turning left into the right hand I turned left onto a two lane road and I turned left into the right hand one of the two lanes and well. she said when you turn left you have to turn into the left hand lane and then I looked it up in the booklet later on and that's not 
right in the slightest. Unless it's, it's not. Unless it's no. a two-lane lefty. Yeah, if, so there's, if there's two lanes that can both turn left, then the, the left one of those has to take the left one, lane sure. and, the right, and the right one of those has to take the right lane. But if it's a single lane that can turn left, which it was, it was turning from a... It can go, you can go directly into you the can, far right lane. You can lane. go into you can pick either lane, and it says that specifically in the booklet. I would have thought what I would have thought that's not true because I I thought that that could cause a problem if somebody who's facing the opposite direction of you Wants is doing right. a right turn on red. Yep, but you have you have right away on that one anyway. Yeah, I just thought you had to turn into the closest lane. Like, that's um, something that I remember from. No, you're allowed. You can t- you can take either because you have right away. So if the person the opposite way is turning right on red, they have to wait for you. So you, you, have, you don't have right away on a left turn against the guy turning right. Well, if, you, if, right if, it's, if it's a dedicated left turn arrow, which I assume is what you mean, right? Either yep. way, it doesn't. Oh, oh, on a yeah, green yeah. arrow. But uh, but either way, yeah. If that's the only situation, that would be the case. But um, but yeah, you you can take you can pick either lane, hmm. uh, and uh, and she a, said you can't, and a, then she failed me. Dick, but why wouldn't you have just? Even if I knew you could, I still would have just taken. Because sometimes closer you want to be in the you want to be in the right lane because that's not the passing. You're lane. right. I missed the jury talk. I think that, that, no, (laughs) I failed my written exam, the written writing thing, which Uh I wound up getting it. I, this is, sounds super shady, but I like, uh, it was like one, one lady handling the written thing at the DMV and I like flirted it up with her about Mm -hmm. like her tattoos and stuff. And she, cause you can't miss. Meanwhile, there's 40 people in line behind you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't miss. Uh, you can only miss four. Right. And, uh, my, I missed five. Um, and she's like, oh, look, it's all right. You know, but the one, but the last one that I, as I got my license, the last one I, uh, I missed was, um, and it, it sort of annoyed me. It was when you park against a curb, how far can your car be from the curb? 16 inches. Was well, 18. Is the you know, I was going to say 18. And I well, thought that's too much. But the options were 18 inches. Uh, it was like two feet, 18 inches, 12 inches. Those were the options. 18 inches. Well, I selected 12 inches. That's wrong. It's wrong, but it's also right. Let me think it's 12. There's Who, no harm in you thinking There's no harm in me thinking it's, it's the safer tolerance. thing. Yeah. No, but you yeah. need to know what the law is. Yeah, but if you think the blood alcohol limit is .06, let me think that, like... No, ignorance of the law, either way. You, <laughs> no. can't, you can't have that kind of... <laughs> I'm with you, Jesse. Yeah, I think no, I... No, I think, think you can do that. No, but I'm saying it's also correct. It's not I a false it. answer. If it's, it's, it's an, it's an no, even stricter it tolerance. It is wrong. That would how far be. can you be away? What's the maximum? It is wrong. Would I was you, surprised at how hard that test was. I went in there. If, they had if a the test about, was, oh, about transporting animals, even on the English version. I mean, that's... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. D'Angelo. Uh, okay, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Matt, do you like the uh, batteries with wood in them story? Let's do the, or do, let's do the woody battery story. Woody batteries. Because the other two stories that we've got possibly loaded up are quantum stories. and We're not going to be... In the past, whenever we've started on a quantum story. Three uh, Wood batteries or 3D map of the brain? Let's go wood batteries. Let's go wood batteries. Uh, wood that's pretty batteries. much the whole story. Uh, <laughs> um, a battery so, made from wood doesn't, doesn't exactly scream high-tech innovation More like something cooked up around the campfire But a device that exploits wood fiber Could be the key to cheap renewable power Are you reading that or is that your own no, that's, that's, how good I that you that's how good he is as a radio host um, Apparently lithium-based uh, Rechargeable batteries are too expensive To use on a large scale Because there's very little lithium available But right, sodium earth metal. Or no uh, it's not uh, Yeah uh, well, Lithium 
Remember what the deal is with lithium. Lithium is pretty reactive. Yeah, sodium. If you, if you mix like lithium, if you put it in water, it reacts super violently, right? No, sodium does. Lithium's well, on the same column, too. isn't it? Aren't those all yeah, on the same? They're all on the same. What's that column called? Uh, oh god, I can't remember. This is something I knew 15 years uh, ago. Hits of the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Um, but sodium's abundant and cheap, so why not base a battery on sodium? Uh, asked this article again Alkali in New Scientist. Metals. There we go. Uh, and then the problem. The problem is that the sodium ions are many times larger than the lithium ones, and they gradually damage the battery's anode as they diffuse during charging and discharging. Uh, another issue is that using a tin anode in such batteries would offer the highest power storage capacity, but it leads to the formation of a sodium-tin alloy that makes the battery swell. You don't uh, want a swollen I, battery. That's it. No. Yeah, I presume it means swollen as in bigger, like I suppose it makes the battery swell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Great battery. Gee whiz. Uh... Hastening what's known as structural pulverization. This happened to me, by the way, with my my old iPhone 3. There was a problem with the battery, and it just got bigger and bigger. Like, the phone just started to expand. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, you should put it in the microwave there. I know, right? Uh, the upshot is a sodium-ion battery. The tin anode can only be charged and discharged around 20 times. Not good. That's not a very... Yeah. You don't want it 20 times. So, to get around this, uh, Hongli Zhu and his colleagues at the University of Maryland in College Park turned to a natural material then you can more easily carry large ions, soft porous wood fiber. So the fibers include hollow elongated cells called trachids, or trachids, which have walls made of a tough material called lignin, which transport water and mineral salts around the organism. So that's, that's what they're using instead to transport these ions from mm-hmm. between the two electrodes. By depositing a 50 nanometer thick layer of tin onto 2500 nanometer thick wood fibers, the researchers were able to create an anode that could be charged and discharged 400 times. Hmm. Sounds very Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's, it's, this can power your coconut radio? Um, this wood battery? The relatively soft nature of the wood fibers effectively releases the mechanical stress that would pulverize an ordinary tin anode. So it can, I guess, expand and contract. But it's just not going to destroy it when it expands? Resulting in an unprecedented performance for a tin anode sodium ion battery. And because the wood fiber is e- easy to process, it should be possible to use it in the manufacture of low-cost batteries. That's good. I'll have that hooked up to my phone, walk around with a 2 by 4 Powered by... Uh, this, is, this is the new iPhone Oak. Yeah. I quite, that would... Guess the ultimate sort of hipster. Oh yeah, uh, a mahogany oh, phone, wooden <laughs> batteries. Oh yeah, yeah. So is yeah. this actually uh, this is the main thing that improves about it? Is just that you can go through more cycles of charging, discharging. Well, or? you can have these bigger batteries. Oh, no, um, cheaper battery and cheaper, it's bigger cheaper. and cheaper batteries because lithium, sodium is abundant and cheap. You know, sodium's everywhere. Lithium, not so much. Mm. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I... sodium you can just get from salt, which is in the sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get through, let's get on this. I want a wood battery and wood wood grows on trees. Oh, is Literally. that where they get yeah, it? Yeah, that's where it grows. Oh, okay. Now okay. it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Now this, keep in mind, not a physicist. Seems to me this battery would be flammable. That's I don't know. It's point. wet, isn't it? And plus, wood is so everything. A regular battery is flammable. Sure, sure. So you don't save anything, but wood has it only burns at a very high temperature. And also, this is a. We're talking about a... And it's inside 15, the shell. Yeah, and we're talking about a 15 nanometer thick layer of tin. But already inside the shell. Yeah, it's not... This isn't an actual wooden... 
No, you I'm would, imagining just a wooden looking like a sort of wooden veneer a. thing. No, this is just this a is twig strips that of, I pop in the back. This is very thin strips yeah. of wood fiber. Twenty five hundred nanom- a nanometer is nano is uh, thousand ten to the minus no. nine or six. It's milla. Nano is after milla. After micro. After micro, yes. And micro is 10 to the negative 6. Yeah, a so millionth is a micro, so a billionth is a nano. So I guess it would be 2.5 micrometers. Uh, yep, that sounds right. Oh, boy. Is, <laughs> Glad we got that figured yeah. out. <laughs> Which is roughly, a, you know. Yeah, nano is a billionth. Guys, I feel like I killed this with the jury talk. I'm sorry. I mean, no, it, hey, buddy. And it was fine. We all need juries. It's an important part of the yeah, of I, the the I constitutional saw, republic. You know, I think it'd be hard. It's a jury of your peers. Good luck rounding up twelve Abercrombie and Fitch models if I ever get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just this go to Abercrombie and Fitch? Tonight, thank you. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Where would you ever find twelve Aber? Oh, I guess you could just yeah. go find them. But with uh, availability, come on. Did your uh, Did your Baywatch defense attorney still wear the outfit? Oh yeah, <laughs> red he was trunks. carrying that. He was carrying that little floaty <laughs> thing the whole time. The ridiculous red floaty. And then the, the prosecuting attorney. It was great. Like his his whole. They both got to question us independently before they decided who they're dismissing. Defense goes first, then the prosecutor comes up. He's like, "Listen, this is not a popularity contest, okay? I wasn't some hotshot actor. I wasn't on Baywatch. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's obviously had to deal with this guy in other cases and has to be like, you're not going to like me at the end of this case. That's not what the case is about. The case is about, did this person do this? I... I don't have a hot oh, shot divorce attorney. I want to I go to that wife. trial now because that makes me think that the that makes me think that the defendant that was the Baywatch guy. Yeah, the defending attorney constantly references it. You know, <laughs> like when I was on episode three twenty two of uh, Baywatch. You know, we had an issue. <laughs> the now, see, ro- robbery is near and dear to my heart. My good friend David Chokachi was once accosted in an alleyway. Uh, he, he told used me to about steal it when we scenes up. from me. <laughs> You know, we asked mean Bleeth and I were talking the other day. You know, we don't want to put this guy behind barbed wire. That's where Pam Anderson belongs. <laughs> uh, co-star Pam Anderson. Uh-huh. We, uh, hmm. Matt, you got any more DMV shit? Hey, wait, you uh, guys, let's. You know what? <laughs> the, the, the police won't stop hassling my client. Oh, okay. sp- <laughs> you're going. The- <laughs> you finish it. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say we need to get him. Uh, go ahead. I couldn't. Think of- <laughs> you know where I was going. I couldn't think how to tie it in. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't hassle the, uh, and that's uh, Hasselhoff. Uh, that's that's the yeah. court system in Los Angeles. Everybody, that's, that's just pun-based <laughs> defense it's, attorneys. It's pun-based uh, sort of struggling actors. You know, I got Darth out Vader, of I just your club. A really quick, your really quick thing before we before we wrap it up. Uh-huh. I got out of a red light ticket for five hundred dollars by bringing in a photo of me and Zach Sherwin. You know him, yeah. MC yeah. Napkins. <laughs> and we look alike. We look very much alike. <laughs> and that was all it took to get out of it. Are you right. kidding me? So if you ever get a just, red light ticket, just bring in a photo of someone who looks like you. You just kind of went, I don't. I lent my car to him and I don't know which No, I didn't say was. anything. I don't testify. I just say, can you say with certainty that that was me driving? This is my friend and known associate, Zach Sherwin. Known <laughs> associate. <laughs> and then they dismissed it. Walked right out. All I got to do is bring in a picture of Kurt Neal. Yep. And you're set. And you are immune from red light tickets. That's all it takes. So if you have a doppelganger, you'll never get any kind of photo. I bet ticket. you could get off if you with me, picture him with me. We're si- I get Sam Levine a lot. I don't know who that is. Sam Levine from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. right, right, right. Well, good sure. luck finding him. 
Jesse, That's the thing. Jesse, who's your red light doppelganger? Fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> this, it, uh, any answer is going to insult me. So let's, uh, <laughs> uh, none of this is going to be good. By the way, do you still do? Uh, I mean, if you don't want to. Somebody somebody heckled you at a show that I was at, and it was uh, ridiculous. And you said you were going to incorporate that. Oh, I've <laughs> used it. I've used it. it you was know, the best tackle yeah. I've ever gotten. What did he say to you? Well, I have this. You know, sometimes when I open, the first like minute, minute and a half is just apologizing about my face, like about my looks. Which like I'm, is not- I'm. Well, it's just saying like I'm not as angry as I look. Okay. Like I just look. You know, I have very hard features. I look angry. And uh, this guy in the crowd, he just goes, man, you look like you turn it into something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like a werewolf or something. Like, I was like, that's such a thoughtful, weird heckle. But then, like, he said it sort of in Ebonics and, like, everything about it made me die laughing. It killed. It did kill. It was the biggest laugh of my set was this guy in the front row. And it's like, that's the first heckle I've never... I was not angry at all. I was like, that's... Anytime you want to say something that brilliant, you can do it. Um, I think we are out of time. We are out of time. We're out of time. We're, uh, David's um, got a guitar lesson. He's got a hard, hot guitar lesson. David, uh, where can our listeners find you? Oh, God. I'll be working the, uh, the late shift at J.C. Penny. I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have any shows. Go to the Economics website. Go to Economics. Mm-hmm. What's your, your Twitter, David? DW, Delta Whiskey, DW Angelo, at Twitter.com. There you go. <laughs> so follow that. Um, as always, follow at Probably Science and tweet us uh, and email probablyscience at gmail.com with any questions, comments, clarifications. And please do go on iTunes and give us nice ratings around. Yeah, clarifications. About us. Anyone that knows how to cure cancer. Anyone mm-hmm. knows how to cure cancer. Anyone who knows any other child actor defense attorneys in right. LA. Who knows if, if I just broke some laws by talking about this stuff? Let me know. I'll take this episode it's down. It's all public information. Okay. And if you're at the Glastonbury Festival this weekend, come and see me on Friday, I think at about one in the afternoon in the cabaret tent. So come and see me there or just drink in a field and watch bands. Um, and thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Yep. All right, thanks. <laughs>